right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and I'm joined again with one of my co-hosts, Darian Smith. Again, if you are listening for the first time or missed last episode, uh, our, our other co-host, Jimmy Marion, is taking a break, but he will be back soon. But Darian, you know, we've we've got a really big game this Saturday for, for UAB as UAB Bla- the UAB Blazers travel over to the Alamo Dome this Saturday night to take on the UTSA Roadrunners. That game time is set for 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and it will be televised on ESPNU. But before we get into previewing this game, we got to shout out to Patreon, patreon.com slash blazerpod. For just $5 a month, you get access to all the exclusive content that we provide over on the Patreon, and that includes interview episodes and our after review series. You know, we've, I believe we've got about 33 episodes that we've, you know, we just started this Patreon in April, but definitely check it out if you have not already. Again, patreon.com slash blazerpod. That includes, a, you know, multiple one-on-ones with head coach Trent Dilfer with interviews from players and again our after review series so tons of content on there so please uab fans do us a favor and subscribe to the patreon by going to patreon.com slash blazerpod but darian let's just go ahead and get into it man big game for the blazers again this saturday and you know we talked about in our instant reaction to the uh, South Florida game, this is another opportunity for UAB to, you know, kind of show everybody that they they are for real and want to contend in this American Athletic Conference this Saturday. And what bigger stage to do it than, you know, in the Alamo Dome and again on national television? Yeah, another great opportunity for the Blazers. Just real quick, we do have... Uh... We do. We will still have Jimmy's prediction at the end of yes. at the end. So yeah, yep. we still got that. I know y'all want to hear that. Uh, so that's gonna be big. You're gonna like it. But yeah, it's a, it's another it's another step. It's another building block. Uh, what we've seen from this team is uh, and this staff is every week just getting better, getting better, just building. You know, I always love to point back to that pay, uh, that episode we had before the season and we 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 defined what success in this season would look like for us and we always said it was going to be just uh improvement because we understood that the staff is new completely new and young and fresh and the players are very young but i didn't even think that the amount of young players that we have were going to play as much as they did like true freshmen Right. Um, on, on the offensive and defensive side, and they they are out there and they are competing and they are balling, they are thriving, and and so it's uh it's been amazing to see. Um, we we come in with a UTSA team, um, that's been injured. You know, I I don't know the, I don't of course I'm not down there in San Antonio or I'm, did go to school at UTSA, but I don't know the extent of all the injuries. I know Frank. Frank Harris has been injured. I was looking at that Temple game, John, and I heard the announcer say he's had three surgeries this year. Mm, my goodness. This this year. So, man, he's, he's been through surgery after surgery after surgery. He's just 
He's getting it out. He's a warrior. We're all familiar with Frank Harris, down a uh, quarterback for UTSA. Um, and some names that we are familiar with, with uh, Joshua Cephas, the amazing receiver that they have. Um, number two, I believe. Um, no DeCorian Clark. Um, no Zakari Franklin there. So the offense is not the same as it's, as, as what we're used to. Um right. But they still have the they have the, they still have other good receivers. Uh, Devin McCune is a true freshman. Um, oh, I don't know if he's a true freshman. I mean, uh, he's he's a freshman. Um, they have another playmaker. Uh, the, what's his name? Oh, uh, you talking about uh, Tyke Ogle Kellogg, man? That and he's six five, man. He is good, and he he's made some plays. You know, he's a senior. Um, didn't play a lot last down, year. He can get he, downfield and, and he can get up and get it. Yes, he can get up and get the ball. Yeah, and that's because of that six five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he has that six five frame, so he's kind of a big play threat. They still have their tight end. Um, oh, yeah, Cardenas. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, we know about him already, don't we? <laughs> I mean, he looks a little bigger to me this year. I don't know, and maybe that's a question for Jared, but he does, he doesn't look as explosive to me. See, and I'm planning on asking Jared. Yeah, and shout out to our, you know, our friends over at Alamo Audible, uh, Jared Kalmus and Adrian and Aaron. You know, they do a fantastic job over there. But yeah, I am planning on asking him, and I'm I know Jared's listening to this, <laughs> so he does look a little heavier. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, like, bro. I'm I mean, like, I can't talk, bro. Him. Hey, I can't talk, but <laughs> hey, listen. Well, we played him. He was always he's always been the big boy. That's why it's, that's why he's been such a great player. It's like wow, yeah. he's such an athletic. But I don't know if I was tripping or not. I was like, hold on now, man. Like mm. hey, that dude, Temple game, dude, he looked really heavy. I said so. That, that jersey looked way <laughs> too little for him. Like, I'm like, man, there's no way that this dude can still be the same in explosiveness. Uh, but my, but it, admittedly, I haven't watched all of the UTSA games. So maybe I could be wrong. Um so offensively, um, I think they're I think they're a solid unit, you know. Um I don't think they are the same UTSA that we've known from the past. No, they're not. Um, this th- now, I-, I will peel back some. Like Frank Harris is still there. Um, he is one hell of a quarterback. You and I both know that. Jimmy knows that. You know, everybody listening to this podcast knows that. I know we we've got a lot of UTSA fans listening into us. And before before we go any further, you know. You 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 touched on it last episode, Darian, but I, I feel like we need to say this. Like, there is a lot of mutual respect between UAB fans and UTSA fans, and I think even with the both both of the coaching staffs too. So, I I I, I do think you know our our boy Muck on Twitter was saying that we need to get a rivalry trophy. Um, you know, us and over at Blazer Victory and then Alamo Audible need to see about creating some type of rivalry name and a rivalry trophy for this game. And that would be, that would be That'd awesome. Be pretty for cool. Yes. But there's just so much respect between these programs. And, you know, this is only going to be the eighth time. I believe that both of these uh, programs have squared off on the football field. Now UAB does lead that all time series four to three heading into this game. But I mean, there's no hate with us. No. And, UTSA. And, like, and, 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 and the last two times they kicked our ass. Hey, right. it came it so, came down to the wire, but they sure did, yeah. 
They was the one that beat us. So who are we to act like South Florida fans here? Oh, hey, no. Yeah. And and it's funny you say that because I was talking with Jared right after the game and he was like, you got this. Y'all got to witness those South Florida fans on Twitter. And I said, oh, my gosh, we we definitely got to witness that. (laughs) The craziest fan base of all time. So I never I never I never act like that towards them. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want people to go back and listen. I always just kind of what I feel, and I could be told I'm not a coach, I'm not a scout. Listen, I thought we had a chance. I was kind of scared going into that Georgia Southern game, but I had I thought we had a chance to beat Georgia Southern, and they they yeah. put it on us. But we're we're a totally different team now than we were then. We've been building a lot, but I still was wrong. So, but from what I see, like offensively for from them. I don't know, and this is my opinion, and this is something that that Jared, you know, that you'll be able to kind of talk with him and see what his opinion on it. But you know, he can only say so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's his team that he's rooting. You know, they're rooting for, just like we'll put a spin on from Jacob Zeno if something was happening. But he does not look as spry to me mm-hmm. because he's been banged up so much. Like he. He still can run, but they don't want to run him as much. And he's not explosive as he – Frank Harris used to put the fear of God in him. Like, oh, yeah. my God, we got to face this dude again. Like, oh, no. Like, he has right. – his this air of confidence to him. It's kind of like, oh, man, like, he's going to make the right decision. He's just – in crunch time, you just feel like he's got this captain feel to him to where he's just going to make the right decision with his, with his arm or legs, and he was just scary. But uh, I I just think he's really not 100% healthy, or maybe he's not going to be able to physically hit the levels that he was at because he's been injured and had so many procedures to get right. Um, yeah. he's, he's still a good player, but he does not scare me, John, like, like he used to in the past years, and which is weird because most of the time players progress and get better. And I think I think he's a better player. Just his cable, his ceiling has been limited due to his injuries. That's what I see from yeah. him on film. No, I mean that's a very fair assessment. I think, I mean, you know, I don't know Frank Harris, and you know, we don't cover him. But I mean, on film, he does not look one hundred percent. You know, even that Temple game. I mean, he still had a hell of a game: twenty-five of thirty-three, three TDs, uh, three hundred thirty-eight yards. But he just doesn't scare you like he has you know even last year you know heading into the matchup at protective that we you know had had with UTSA like I think Frank is probably about 85 um percent there um but I'll tell you also but <laughs> well I, you know you talk about the fear of God I mean Frank Harris that offensive line in front of him he looks <laughs> like right when he gets the ball man they're already folks in that in the backfield and I know that you know, this has been almost a common thing with UTSA the last couple of years. Like they struggle with health on their offensive line, like having to shuffle around. Like they had a defensive tackle. Are they going tack- through that again? They are, man, and they're still trying to figure it out. Now, granted, you know, UTSA fans listening might be like, "Well, isn't UAB trying to figure it out on their offensive line?" I mean, yeah, but 
I mean, they I don't know what's up with that strength and conditioning staff like at UTSA under Jeff I mean, Jeff Trailer. Like sometimes sometimes it just happened that way. Like it ain't it ain't the fault of anybody. Sometimes you can't help if somebody roll up on your ankle or your knee go the wrong way or yeah. I mean it just it just happened to be especially playing offensive line. You get rolled up. That's why a lot of times you wear those knee braces. You get rolled up on so easy with, uh, with people running behind you. But I I remember last year. I, now I remember Jerry saying this on Twitter. He was saying that it wasn't as bad as it was last. Last year it was horrible. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It, it was like ridiculous. Like come on, man. Like come yeah. on. Like but um like I didn't know they were going through the same thing this year. Now, now, granted, though, they did just come off of their bye week. So I do think that the bye week um, helped UTSA. You know, of course, they faced off Temple at Temple last week, but they had the bye week before they entered conference play. So I really do think the bye week gave them some time to rest up and also kind of get that O-line straightened out a little bit. But, I mean, Temple, I mean, Temple doesn't scare me at all, and they were kind of able to get pressure at some points um, in the game on Frank Harris. Yeah, kind of um, later on in the game, Temple. Yeah, like, they were they were locking Temple up, honestly, as far as pass protection. That's why I was like, bro, this dude jersey is clean. That's why he can make these throws. Like, <laughs> right. Toward the end of the game, though, they finally start getting some kind of pressure, but they will. They didn't have any explosiveness on Temple's defensive line, but yeah, the other teams did though. Hey, you look at that Texas State film now. Now throw out the the Tennessee film. We're not even going to talk about that. Uh, but you look at the you pop on that Texas State film and, and, and Houston and Houston, yes, and even Army got got after him some. Well, no, actually, no, he didn't play in the Army game, but they got after the backup quarterback. But right, I mean, you look at the Texas State, yeah, and uh, Houston. My goodness, they got after him, and I think. You know, he he, I th- he he's so Frank Harris has thrown how many interceptions has he thrown for the year? He hasn't thrown many. I think three. Yeah, three. Uh, he, yeah, I think he probably threw because he hasn't played that much. But he didn't he throw he all three of them at Houston. In Houston. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember watching it. Yeah. Game, like, oh, my God, this thing, this is not the Frank Harris that I know. Like, what is going on? Right. It's like he's doing too much or. Are trying too much, you know, for himself to to win ball games. And I mean, I know they don't have Zakari Franklin anymore, but you still got some studs. I mean, you've got Cephas. You know, we went over them earlier. You know, so, but but all that to say, yes, UAB. You know, that they, they're going to be a dog, underdog at UTSA this Saturday. Right now, Vegas has it. It's it's creeping ten. Like it's creeping UTSA ten point favorite. Right now, it's a UTSA nine and a half point favorite over UAB. It's kind of borderline swing into 10. So obviously Vegas and everybody else kind of likes UTSA in this matchup. Daring, but when you put on that film, like if, if UAB's defense can play, improve from the South Florida game. And if that secondary plays as well as they did on man coverage against South Florida, if that defensive front gets after Frank Harris, UAB, could and should get a dub this Saturday in the Alamo. I, I'm going to put it like this. like UAB, I don't think people don't, when when Vegas lines and they just, you know, all these people and they just look and say, oh, UAB is two and four. Mm-hmm. And look, they, they got beat down by Louisiana, right? Nobody really cares about context. 
But the, the truth of it is that we had a brand new coaching staff that very that's very inexperienced. Almost all of our main coordinators and our head coach, as far as when it comes to the college level of coaching. We had so many brand new faces. We had everything was brand new. Schemes, everything. Players, personnel, staff, right? Most of those guys are younger as returning. We lost Jalen Key to the portal. We lost Tuazama. We lost Debo Starlin. We lost all of our linebackers and all of our offensive line. Like, we were replacing every, everything was brand new. So, the Louisiana game was our rock bottom. It was an aha moment. We was trying out this new scheme, this, 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 man, we trying to, we, Throw that whole team away. After that Louisiana mm-hmm. game, we came in with a whole new scheme and we started using whole new personnel. The first day we started using that was the Georgia game. So basically, NCAT, Georgia Southern, and Louisiana, it's like two, it's like two different seasons already. It so, is, yeah. So if you taking you taking part that all of that was going on, we're trying to figure out everything. Even Coach Dilfer himself said how he had to get back to himself. He had to find himself. Everything was new. So when when we got down to that Georgia game, I think that was affirmation. We tried everything new. We start switching personnel. We start playing freshmen. That was the revelation of Amari Thomas. Guess what? We was playing mm-hmm. Mar- Marquand. But like we start playing all of these new faces and everybody responded. So all of a sudden we repeated to learn like, hmm, we may have something. Let's try this again. And then we almost pulled that game out. Then it was like, you know what? This actually works. Let's try this again. Matter of fact, we're going to tr- we're going to switch this guy. out. We're going to switch this guy. out. Matter of fact, whoever practiced the best, whoever keep on coming in and they put in, the- that's who we're going to play. And they play, and they did just that. They were, they have not been BSing on that. They will switch a guy to starting lineup, and a lot of times it's been younger guys like uh, A Train that came in. Uh, Adam Lepowski came in at right guard. That's another red shirt freshman on a, uh, as a right guard that came in the other game, and he played awesome. So now it's like, well, Iman Smalls, like you get in there, we play a lot more. He did awesome. Like, we have all of these young guys, so all of a sudden, it's like our trajectory in the team that we have, all that to say is, this is different from UTSA's situation. Our situation, we've been finding out who we can play, a lot of new faces, etc. UTSA, on the other hand, is a veteran-led team. Like, they know what they have, the coaches, everything, continuity. That's what make, made them coming in so scary, because... Everybody's so familiar with the scheme and the system, blah, 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 right? Right. But but what happens when that ceiling that you guys are supposed to hit, what happens when you can't quite reach it as with the with the veteran team? That's kind of like us last year, right? That's kind of yeah. how I see them. Uh, us last year, we had all this hype and all these veterans. This is the best, most talented UAB team. And then once we realized we couldn't, shift to one gear it was kind of like oh we didn't have another gear to go like we we are who we are right this year 
it's like we got a brand new car, right? And we just had to figure out how to use it. But even in even in even in figuring out how to use it, we was like, damn, we're going pretty fast. <laughs> that, we're going pretty fast, but we haven't hit the gear that we're close to because so many dudes are still learning how to play football, right? They're learning how to play college football, but they're getting in and they're doing a damn good job with understanding what they with the capacity that they have now. Georgia right. and Tulane helped us grow up so much. And then South Florida was affirmation of the hard work we put in. Yes. This is this will be a major building block. So I see two different trajectories as of right now. All I have to say is like don't look at those Vegas lines and everything. Uh, but but if you're familiar with who we are as UAB fans, you should know TSA right now. And mm-hmm. I, I just think it's funny that we're kind of at where we're at, and they kind of remind me of us last year. Now I could be totally wrong. They could be fired up, and they could be beat us to death when we go down there Saturday. But that is just from what I've seen, the information that I've gathered from watching film on both teams, that's what I see, John. Yeah, I think that's a very, you know, fair uh, viewpoint of, of, of at least both of these two teams so far halfway through the year. Um, I, I look at this UTSA game and I say, you know, for UAB to – to get out of the Alamo Dome with a win. I, I think UAB is going to have to, on offense, continue to run the ball, continuing that momentum from the South Florida game where UAB ran it the best that they have at, by, by far this season. Can UAB in that offensive line continue against a very stout UTSA defensive front? I mean, this UTSA team, you know, you take out the Tennessee game and uh, you could argue take out the Army game because, I mean, that's triple option and um, flex bone stuff. But, I mean, they uh, less they allowed less than 100 yards rushing from Texas State, a pretty decent Texas State Sunbelt team. Like, can UAB – hey, but that, that's, you know, granted, we – when we head into the when we were headed in the South Florida game, we said UAB would have to run the ball. You know, they they got a little better at Tulane. They really got it done this past Saturday at South Florida. But can you do it again in the Alamo Dome against a stout defensive front? I think they can. And you know, you've got a star quarterback, Jacob Zeno, returning to San Antonio, a San Antonio native. You know, he's going to want to show out. So, I. I really do like UAB's chances this Saturday, Darian. Um, and, and on the flip side, you look at the defense. What 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 are they UAB on defense going to have to do to stop Frank Harris and that offense? Now, number one, you, you're you're going to have to stop their run game. You know that's something that killed UAB last year in last year's matchup. Um, you go back and look at uh, Barnes. Um, Let's see how many yards, you know, Kavorian Barnes. I mean, he had over 100 yards rushing, 114 yards on 16 carries. Um, and a TD. So they, you know, you, we love to, you know, focus on Frank Harris, focus on those wide receivers like Cephas. But if you can't stop their run game, then they're going to, you know, knife and death, you know, to death. So it, it's going to be a long game. So if UAB can stop the run, which they did a really good job with against South Florida, then allow the UAB secondary to just run some man coverage, maybe a safety over the top, maybe not. But if you can just allow man coverage, I think UAB, if they played the way they did this past Saturday against South Florida, can definitely have a chance to win this ball game Saturday night in the Alamo Dome. Yeah, so what I would do, I would 
I would kind of bracket and be aware of where Cephas is lined up. Yes. And kind of have safety kind of help over top because I do believe he's a special player. And I do think that sometimes we can get it we'll get away one on one coverage with him. But if we if we could, I would try to, you know, make sure that we have safety help there. But I I think the rest of the receivers, um, I think we can man those guys. I think we saw against USF the type of quality cornerbacks that the, the play that I've been expecting all year. I think we finally yeah. got that. So um I think we can man the rest of those guys and, and live with the results, whatever they may be. We may have some good, we may have some bad, but I'll take that. And so we can we can stop that running game. And and we can put more towards the running game and focus on the running back versus the quarterback here. Even though Frank Harris can still run the ball, we do need to be cognizant. They're not going to want to – first, he's not ex, it's, it, as explosive as he used to be. Secondly, I don't think that's in his best interest. I don't. I think yeah. they want to limit. I think they want to limit the hits on him as much as possible. So again, this is another game to where, and they don't go as fast as I think we had to play it play it a little bit more vanilla against South Florida because they go so fast. But we still got creative in the way that we rush with twist, and, yes. and you know we were real active up front. Um, I think we can heat. I don't think Frank Harris does well against pressure. Honestly, so I think I think, but I would say this versus Temple, that offensive line really kept his jersey clean. Yeah. Um, now, now it is like versus versus like we said Texas State and Houston, it was a different story. I would people could say, oh look at that, look at you know, we can get after him, but then it can be other the other side of this is just like us. It's like our offensive line has grown and found our way. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe, maybe that's that was them growing and finding their way. Maybe they are that good. Are they? I don't know. I'll test it. I definitely would. I say, man, we finna get to him by all by all means. Make him throw dimes is what I would do under pressure. I'm not. I'm not letting you sit back there and be clean like you was against Temple. I'm gonna try to make you. I don't think you're as explosive as you as you used to be. I'm gonna make you run. I'm gonna make you outrun Jackson Bratton. I don't think you can. You know, I don't think you can outrun Desmond Little, but I'm going to make I'm going to flush him. I'm going to make him uncomfortable. That's what I would do. And I'll make sure I have help over Cephas now. Um, now, their defense, I do think it's one player on their defense that really pops out to me. And that's Trey Moore. Number one, the edge rush yeah. linebacker that they have. I think he's really a dude. Now, like he catches my eye. He, the hey, and he's, been, he's been dinged up as well, though. Right. The short amount of time he was out at the Temple game, uh, he played at the Temple game before he went out with the injury, but he did eventually return that game. But he was making moves, like individually, you can see how he sheds block. He's a quick decision maker. He's aggressive. He has really good skill. But if he's dinged up and he's not 100% or afraid to mess up his ankle or something, that, that really hurts them, I feel like. Because I think he's their only dude. I think the rest of like the linebackers in the D line, I think they're good players. They don't. It's not like Tulane. Mm-mm. It's not like Tulane. It's not like Georgia. You know, it's Georgia. But I, yeah. what I'm saying is, we played. I mean, South Florida up front. 
they weren't slouches. Like yeah, South they weren't Florida, bad. Yeah, South Florida front seven was pretty decent. It's their back end that wasn't that good, but South Florida wouldn't, and we blocked them pretty well. And we've already been against Tulane in Georgia, so I'm. I think now what they do do though, like when I was watching that Temple game, is they send all kinds of looks at you. Yeah. The thing I'm thankful for the Temple game is they have to show a lot. And they showed a lot defensively, all kinds of exotic glitches. I appreciate a defensive coordinator that's not afraid to mix it up. But South Florida did the same thing against us, and we burnt their ass. I'm not sure if we're the team to do that against us. Zeno, if we go empty or we got school coming out the backfield, that, that running back from Temple, who was a pretty good player, he caught the ball on them so much. You blitz us like that, and you let score again out in the open field. Good look, right? Mm, right. So I don't, I don't know if sending those, all of those type of blitzes is the smart thing to do against us. I think we have the playmakers to take a six, take it sixty yards to the house. If you, if you don't get there, it's almost a touchdown for sure. I feel like too many, too many weapons. Um. I would – this is almost feel just like the South Florida game to me. It kind of does, yeah. Defense, like, their defense, to me, I think they're de- I think they're pretty decent with one special player and trade more. But I think they're pretty decent in their front seven. Like, they can stop run. They can, they can get pressure on you. I, again, I'm just going by what I saw. Their defensive backfield – it's not this the caliber I'm used to with UTSA. UTSA, no, they, not at all. They, they are not good on the back end. I think, I think they are uh, opportunists. Like they, if you make a mistake, they'll intercept you. I think they'll do that. But as far as like just solid coverage, I, I don't see it done. I, I don't. <laughs> Well, real quick on Dar- Darren, on that note, do you know that they have not forced one interception so far this year? Now I'm knocking on wood and crossing my fingers, but they have not forced one interception in that secondary this year. Oh, they didn't get one. Oh, well, the one. No. Was well, it would, it would it, have been a pick, pick six, had, but it got called back. They actually had, I think they had, yeah, they had that pick six, but it got called back for I, I can't remember what it was, but and then they also had a, they either had one or. The guy dropped it, but there were a couple close calls. Um, but I remember rewatching the Temple game, and, and, the, and the announcer said it. You know, this is their first forced interception all year. And I said, "What?" And I went back and looked at the stats, and and he was right. But there was some laundry on the field that brought that back. So they have not forced an interception so far this year. And it is ironic that you say that though, like about South Florida, because South Florida was really good up front, and their what was their weakness? The back end, their secondary. And you look at this UTSA team on film, and it's kind of like a mirror image. Like the front is really good, but their back is not good, and they can't tackle well, which is so weird to talk about a Jeff Trailer <laughs> uh, UTSA team. Um, and, and and then I think we got to. This and this is this is just me being me here. I, this is not a reflection of John. I think we got, I think we got two different views of really good. I don't. To me, Tulane was really good. When I put on that film, when I put on the film of that front seven, Tulane was really that deal. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just hype. I was like, oh snap, 
Yeah, they're the best in the league up front. Yeah, man, it was it was noticeable, and they ate our lunch when we was down there. Like they gave us problems. We we fought back, but those guys were really that. And people were saying this about USF, like, oh, look at the stats they're doing. I'm like, well, I'm looking at the film though, right? Like, (laughs) I'm not saying that they are bad. They were not bad, but I'm saying that these dudes, you can we can block these dudes. And this is the same thing I'm saying about this squad. Like, we can run the ball on them. It depends on what look they give us. If we are spread out and they got six in the box, five in the box, shove it right down their throats. They're not gonna be. Mm-hmm. They can't just control us with what they got. They're not. They're not Tulane. Like, if we was able to have some success against Tulane, and that's when we 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 didn't even have the the line that we have now. We got even. I think we got more cohesiveness with the players that we have out there now. So, um, again, I'm going to say they're above average. I'm, I'm, I'm just hesitant to say really good. (laughs) I think, I think we face two units that's been really good and that's Georgia and that's Tulane up front. I think, I say I give them good. I guess like uh, I think <laughs> South Florida was good though, but it won't be reflected because we put up this amount of points. I had this amount of rushing attempts, but it it doesn't negate what film shows. I just think that we showed up to play, right? So right. Uh, yeah, I know that was long winded about really good, but yeah, that's that's just how I feel on that. Hey, no, hey, speak your mind, man. Hey, I I, I love it. Um, yeah, and I I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't say really good, but, I, but you've kind of talked me down to just good. But I, I'll stick to what I said earlier. Um, sh- should we get into predictions? Uh, have anything else to talk about? Oh, oh, crowd yeah. noise. Hey, with the dome, does that worry you at all? Or or do you think playing George, playing at Georgia, and playing at Tulane recently will help that? Yeah, man, we played at Georgia. We played at Tulane. Um, and those guys didn't flinch. Yeah. And so why would we why would we flinch now? You know, that doesn't that doesn't, you know, make any sense to me. So I, I as a player and as a player myself, like I think more so the fans made more of a deal about like the crowd and going into an intense environment. Bro, when you playing <laughs> football, I didn't give a damn about none of that. I thought right. it was so cool when we played Tennessee and the ground was shaking. I was like, oh, we was going into t- double overtime and and mm-hmm. then they got really loud as a center. I was laughing like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> That's all <laughs> nice. I it, it didn't rattle me or anything like this. So, um, yeah, like this, that doesn't mean anything to me, but one thing you did mention, you did say like um Army ran like triple option, whatever, but they do you know, they, they do they stuff out of the gun now. Yeah, they've kind of evolved, yeah. So it wasn't a very, you know, a traditional um right. you they know, ran under center, yeah. Out of the gun on them and they got movement. Like they were moving those guys off the ball. You know what I'm saying? I now I didn't admittedly I didn't watch that whole game. I watched like um Almost into the to, into halftime, mm-hmm. um, but those guys were surging off the ball, and those guys was, guys their offensive line was getting movement. So that was all I needed to see, honestly. Like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. all I was looking for. Can their O line push their D line? And they, I saw that they could, and man, you know, and maybe in the second half they got right and whooped Army's offensive line. But yeah, that's what I saw. So, nice. but yeah, well. 
We are, we are running a little long. We're about 36 minutes, so let's go ahead and give our oh, prediction. Should, should, should we start with Jimmy's? Uh, or save his for save, last. We're going to save his. We always save his. <laughs> That's right. Um, what you got? We'll, all right, y'all go ahead and get mine. Hey, I said UAB was going to get it done last week for the first time in a couple weeks, and they got it done. I think UAB gets it done again this week, 35 to 28 over the UTSA Roadrunners. Darren, what you say? Look at you, man. We was kind of around the same area. I got UAB 37, um, UTSA 30. Nice. Jimmy's hey, official what? prediction. Let me, you, you want to, are you got it up? Oh, you, no, you got, uh, you, you okay. got it. Okay, I got it. Drum roll. <laughs> All right, here's Jimmy the man, Marion. You know, he's never wrong. My, this is, quote, my zero research prediction. Is UAB 44, UTSA 38. The flip from last year's score. That would be awesome. This is a big-time game for Zeno coming back to San Antonio in the return game to his hometown. So he thinks UAB gets it done. So how about that? All three of us predict UAB to get the dub. And, hey, just a reminder to UAB fans, I am going to be out of town, but I am bringing my lucky UAB hat, which – I did wear for the first time since the NCAT game last week, and it worked against South Florida. We've got Baby Hampton is here turning this Baby season Baby Hydrogen. H2 Baby Hydrogen. hydrogen. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, let's, let's, let's keep it rolling. You know, UAB, time to make another statement. Go to 2-1 and one in AAC play. Get it done in the Alamo Dome. Darian and I, maybe Jimmy. We've got to talk to him and see. We'll be back for an instant reaction episode following uh, the UTSA game. It'll be late at night, but we'll uh, have our instant reaction um, here on the free feed. But, of course, pay attention to the Patreon, patreon.com slash blazerpod for all the interviews and after review segments. You know, we're going to have Jared Kalmus um, from the Alamo Audible on uh, probably Thursday morning or Friday morning. I hadn't decided yet. But, Darian, go ahead and close us out until then. Yeah, and, and and just a reminder, we do all these predictions, but the players have to go play the game so we can go out yes. there and lay a complete egg and be right back into bewilderment unless the players embrace getting better each day because if they didn't get better today or to, or they, if they aren't getting better tomorrow, then we're getting worse. Hey, so man, it's, we, it's the turnaround, man. That's what we said. It's the turnaround. Right, it's, but they have to prove that. All right, we got that one win. Are you smelling yourself? Are you smelling yourself or are you looking at things you did wrong and seeing what you can get better at? That's what I'm going to be looking for. If I go out there, if we go out there Saturday, we we watch these games Saturday night, and we kind of see some of these old habits popping back up, I'm be like, ah, we didn't get better. (laughs) We didn't get better, you know. So uh, we'll see. I'm anxious Saturday because if we go out there half-stepping, feeling ourselves, thinking that, Oh, look at us. I'm used to the steam now. Like, we can get – they're going to beat our tail. Yeah, they're going to get steamrolled. But hopefully, you know, the vibes are, you know, hey, to keep improving, it seems to be in the building that, you know, Trent and staff and the players have the mindset that, you know, they instantly went back and watched the film for the South Florida film or watched the film, and they're like, hey, coach, we could have gotten 20 more points, you know, or we could have done this. So it seems we're hearing – you know, at least early on in the week that they had the mindset. But yeah, like Darren sure, said, where, you got to. Are you going to be able to talk to Trent and, and see, or 
Or would that be in the Patreon feeds coming up? That will be on the Patreon feed. So it actually, you know, since this is dropping Wednesday morning, it would have been in their feed Tuesday morning. So guys, if you don't know, we record this Monday night. <laughs> but wow. uh, but yeah, it is in their feed. So hey, patreon.com slash blazerpod. Listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you if I know that it's already dropped, but if you haven't signed up, go back and listen to the interview. I'm anxious to see uh what what was said even though this is weird because it's like a weird disney time lapse thing but um but yeah feel like like, a star wars movie man (laughs) like like i'm watching loki uh but um yeah like go go and check it out and see i think it's worth it uh john's um all of his interviews with Trent are they're very genuine and authentic i don't think you get a lot of coach speak or anything like that i think it's a different field john has a good relationship with Trent. i think it shows through in the interview, so it's I, I believe that's that's worked up five dollars a month. I guess you go ahead and close. Yeah, hey, you'll toss it back to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. All right, guys, we'll be back on the free feed uh, for instant reaction uh, after the UTSA game. But as always, go Blazers, and it's the turnaround. Beat UTSA.